0: All right, good to see you here. Happy New Year! If you love God, say Amen. amen. If you like who you're sitting next to, say hey, I like you. Just tell them that I like you. You know, like and love is two different things. We have to love one another. That's commanded. That's a that's a given. But liking each other is kind of a different thing. It's like I always love my wife, but sometimes she doesn't like me. Do you see how I did that? I didn't do it the other way. I'm not as dumb as I look. Well, we're really glad you're here. Hope you had a great, great holiday. I hope you get to, a chance to enjoy the New Year's. Kim and I are going away for a couple of days, actually leaving tonight, and we're really looking forward to getting some time uh, for a few days this week. Uh, one of our uh, elders in our church, Ken Gross, many of you know him. I'm going to talk about him a little bit today uh, in my message, but he is, he's on vacation, and he was uh, walking through some ruins uh, where they're traveling and turned his ankle and their their trip that they're taking is one of those touring kind of walking a million miles a day trips like we did with Bruce and Pam this year, but uh, his ankle's swollen up like this big and he's been tapped out for the trip, so he's useless to the group that he's traveling with. But uh, you pray for Kenan that he feels better, and for Monica because she's a go 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 person on vacation. But uh, first world problems. They're on vacation, they got hurt, right? Yeah. Right? So oh, they're on vacation and got hurt. Yeah, but just pray for them that they feel yeah. better, okay? Hey, we're talking about, we're in a series called Just Jesus, and we started uh, just before Christmas, uh, and we're talking about, uh, we're going from December all the way to Easter, and we're talking about the life of Christ. We're talking about some very significant things that happened uh, through his life, and we're going to start a series, kind of a sub-series in this this big uh, study we're going to do called Jesus's Miracles. I just want to read a couple verses to you just by way of introduction of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, John 2.23 says, Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. In John chapter 20, it says this, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So what is this? What is an idea of a miracle? I don't know if you've ever been in a place in your life, I'm gonna assume most of you have, where you have prayed for a miracle. How many of you have ever prayed for a miracle at some level in your life, right? Maybe it was a financial miracle. Uh, I know there were lots and lots of prayers that were heaved up towards heaven a few months ago when Powerball was at 900 and some million dollars. There was so much money committed to missions that week And so many efforts of goodwill promised to God when that Powerball reached almost a billion dollars that all of the world's problems would have been solved if a believer would have had that money, right? At least it would have if I would have won that money. I told my wife, she came home, and she said, hey, I bought five tickets, and we did, we did what everybody else did. We started dreaming about it, right? Well, if we win, our kids are going to have this, and if we win, this is going to happen. Of course, we, we talked about all the commitments we make to the church, most of it going to manna, of course, and all these different things that we committed to, and I, and I said something that, that I would like to do, and Kim said, wait a minute, that's my money. Don't you start spending my money. <laughs> Cause she let me know that that was her money and her tickets, and she was going to let me know if I was going to be part of her gravy train. Well, we're still here, so we didn't hit either, right? But, you know, we pray for those kind of miracles. We, we, boy, everybody would like that big kind of life-changing experience financially. Um, but we've also prayed for miracles when it comes to maybe personal health issues. Um, maybe you've had a family member. That's what I was going to talk about Kenan member of our church this morning, and it's even though he's not here, it's not gossip because uh, it's all going to be good stuff. But uh, months ago, um, it was right around Easter, Kenan uh, had um, something happen in his brain, and um, he was in, he was in um, care for a very, very long time. And we had people all over the world that were praying for him. Uh, they put him in an induced coma. They did a surgery on him. It was a very, very serious time and I was actually in the hospital room. I think it was with Kelsey and Monica. There were two doctors that came in to see them uh, regularly. One was Dr. Doom, and one was the doctor we wanted to see. And Dr. Doom came in one day and kind of shook his head a little bit, and he just made the comment about praying for a miracle. Well, when, when, when he left the room, it was kind of a sobering moment, but we just prayed. And lots of you prayed, and lots of your families prayed, and missionaries and friends all over the world prayed. And and, and when you talk to Ken and now, you know, one of the things that he likes to say about what took place in his life is he wants to use his story for God's glory. And I really like that uh, because God did a miracle in his life. Uh, I've also prayed for miracles that haven't happened. Uh, loved ones that we've had that, that have been sick and we just prayed and prayed and prayed and believed, but it just wasn't part of God's plan and, 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 and folks that we've cared for and love very much, just like in your life too. Uh, we're ushered into eternity, uh, we, Kim and I, we have four girls, and, and, and we uh, are, are very, very thankful for our kids. but we had a pregnancy between our fourth and fifth chi- uh, between our uh, third and what would have been our fifth child, Emily, uh, and, and she lost that pregnancy uh, months into it, and that was hard and we prayed and when we thought that she lost a pregnancy, we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and believed, right. And then we went to the doctor and we received that news. That was hard news to, to, to swallow, you know. Uh, but God gave us grace to go through those times. And the thing about miracles is, is uh, where, where you understand that, that these things do take place in our life. I think people with Baptist backgrounds get a little freaked out when you talk about healing and miracles oh, you know, God doesn't do that stuff anymore, or, or or we're acting a little Pentecostal. You know what I believe? I believe God is real. If you believe that, say amen. amen. I believe Jesus Christ, his son, came to this earth, died, so that you and I can have a relationship with him. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And the third part of God's trinity or triunity is his Holy Spirit that lives inside of us teaches us, guides us, helps us understand his word. He is 100% part of God. But sometimes we get freaked out talking about the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe in the Holy Spirit? Say amen. Amen. The Bible teaches that, you know, that that's part of the Trinity of God. But when you understand that the purposes of the miracles that Jesus himself performed in the New Testament, they weren't just uh, unprovoked or unplanned, you know, God is sovereign. He knew exactly what he was doing every single day at every moment that through his son, he was walking here on the earth. But the main two purposes of Jesus's miracles while he was here on the earth for 33 years was this, to glorify his father in heaven, number one, and to demonstrate compassion. He wanted to show the world that he cared about them, but he also wanted his father to receive all the honor and glory for it. So we're going to, over the next few weeks together, talk about a little bit of historical implications of things that, that, that led up to that miracle, and even some things that happened after that miracle, very specific miracles. But today I just kinda of wanna paint a broad picture a little bit for you about the kinds of miracles that Jesus performed when he was here on the earth. There was four different kinds. The first type was this, miracles over nature. In Colossians chapter 1, in verse 16, it says this, For in him all things were created, all things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers and authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. I love this this reaction that one of his disciples had after he performed a miracle. In Mark chapter 4, 41, it says this, They were terrified after Jesus had performed this miracle and they said this to one another. Who is this? You know, we read through the Bible and it says, you know, and they were terrified. They asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and seas obey him. I want you to understand the level of emotion it was probably spoken of when the disciples said, after Jesus spoke and the storms were calm and the disciples didn't say, who is this? Even the wind, who is this? you got to be kidding me. Can you imagine sitting front and center and watching somebody speak and a storm stopped? We needed that this week. Did did anybody have any stuff happen to their houses from the lightning storm that happened this week? We had to have a funeral. This is a very, very sad thing for me to share with you. Uh, We had to have a funeral this week for my mega TV. The week, the last week going into football season. It's unbelievable. We had lightning either hit our house or hit a transformer, something around our neighborhood. I don't know if it was a direct hit or indirect hit, but lightning, uh, some kind of surge came into my house, blew up my, my somebody gave us this TV. It's an 82-inch smart TV. You say, pastor, where'd you get a TV like that? Somebody gave it to me, okay? And, uh, and, and it just, it's gone. So I was wearing black and, and ashes on my head all week and just sad over this over this television. I was hoping that the winds and the seas would have obeyed Jesus that day before our air conditioning went out, our heat system went out, but thank God for a fireplace that kept our house warm and uh, for insurance. We're very, very blessed. God took care of all, but it's no big deal. But when, you, when you're kind of in the middle of a big nature thing, I don't know if you've ever been caught in a big storm or been near a tornado or a hurricane or a typhoon if you lived over on the other side of the world. Uh, weather's pretty scary because it really reminds us how small we are. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you've ever been in a flood or a really bad weather circumstance, you really understand uh, how insignificant uh, we are in size and in, in strength and so on and so forth. If you consider that Jesus spoke and nature stopped, right? I mean, everything stopped. The wind, the sea, Everything just stopped and everything was calm because of the power of the voice of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was performing miracles over nature, there were some miracles over nature that took place in the Old Testament too. That had to do with drought, had to do with rain, uh, and some things like that. But the miracles specifically that Jesus performed that were miracles over nature, he was glorifying God. He was demonstrating compassion. I'll tell you something else he was doing. He was exercising his authority over over uh, creation. Because as the Bible says in Colossians chapter one, he is before all things and through him or by him, all things consist. We talked a few weeks ago when we introduced this series that the plurality of God was shared with us first in Genesis chapter one, when when the Bible says that God said, let us make man in our own image, two different times in that one verse, speaking into the the plurality of the person of God. So when we understand that God created the heavens and the earth and everything that that, that is, God created. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that nothing can happen in this world without without his knowing. We get so upset about politics and so upset about things that are out of our control. But to understand that God's word teaches us the heart of the king is in the hand of God. Nothing can happen in this world or in this universe without God allowing it to happen because he's stronger than anything that is because he is. And he said, I am. So when he was performing miracles over nature, he was establishing his authority as God's son. And I think what was happening between him and the disciples, you know, they were traveling around. He looked like them. He talked like them. He got hungry like them. He slept like them. Uh, He probably uh, physically had the same kind of uh, features that they did. You've seen uh, pictures that depict Jesus with the long hair and the beard. And we sure like to call Gary our ginger Jesus because of that. Uh, when I first met Gary, he kind of had this easy top thing going with his beard, nice and furry and long. But um, when we see pictures of Jesus, we kind of look at him that way. But Jesus looked like just anybody else. Yeah. But he, once in a while, would perform these miracles that he would speak to prove his authority over nature over mankind, over demonic powers, and over many different things. So he performed miracles of nature. The second kind of miracle that he would perform, this is, these are ones that really uh, touch the hearts of people directly, were miracles of supply. Luke chapter 6, it says this, Give... And it will be given unto you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So the idea is that God is going to provide, or God's going to make sure that our needs are taken care of. And Malachi chapter 3 says this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. He says, test me, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be enough room to store it. Listen, I'm not talking about giving today, but I want to give you a principle that that, that has to do with giving. God says this, when you give, I want you to kind of double dog dare me to see if I'm not going to really, really take care of you, because you are not going to be more generous than me. And time after time after time, in the New Testament, we saw Jesus do these amazing miracles of supply. The very first miracle that he did when he turned water into wine. I read an article this week. It was kind of funny to me. Uh, This author uh, wrote this in this article. Um, He said, uh, the miracle of Jesus turning water into uh, non-alcohol wine. That, and, and his premise was, there's no way that Jesus turned water into alcohol-filled wine. But if you read that passage, and this is going to be one of those things people are going to go, oh, but if you read that passage of Scripture, it says that, that Mary, Jesus' mom, went up to Jesus. She had authority over him from a human standpoint, and said, son, need some more wine for the, for, for the wedding festival that we're in, because a wedding festival took place for a whole week. Now... I can't even imagine. I'm so glad I don't live in Bible times because I've had to pay for three weddings and I've got another one coming in May and a whole week-long celebration would have put me in the, in the poor house after the second wedding for sure. So, but what would happen is kind of into this week-long celebration of a wedding, the, the father, the, the, the father of the bride, when the wedding started and the first beginning part of the, they, they brought out the good, good, good wine. Now, I don't know wines that well. Uh, I have diabetes, so I don't drink drink wine or or drink alcohol, but uh, there's there's different kind of levels and grades and years and all this kind of stuff. Some of you may be aficionados that know these kind of things. Many Christians are aficionados in the closet because they don't like talking about that they like having a sip of wine every once in a while. Relax. We're not preaching on it today. I'm just telling you a story that happened in Scripture. If you want to talk to me about why you should or why you shouldn't drink alcohol after church, see Gary and Tara Jones. They would be more than happy to talk to you about it. But when Jesus made this wine, the Bible says that the wine that was brought out by Jesus was even better than the wine that was brought out at the beginning. If you understand the story, the, the wine throughout the week would get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker, hoping the bad in-laws would go home. Oh, the wine's getting terrible. Send them home kind of a thing. Jesus turned water into wine. It was the best, sweetest, best tasting wine that was that was given at the at at that wedding now here's here's what we need to understand so you're saying jesus provided alcohol just relax it's okay it's okay but just listen to this for a second what jesus did was a miracle of supply there was a need and he met the need there were hungry people on the side of a hill that heard him give a message the disciples said can we send them home so we can go home and and eat jesus said you feed them they're hungry miracle of supply. Jesus over and over again did those things to, to demonstrate his compassion. He cared. And sometimes we, and you, you think of something as insignificant as eating. Uh, it, it, does God really care about the food that I'm eating today? Well, I could say this to you. I believe that God wants to, to thank him for every good and perfect gift we get. You know, I don't think it ought to be just an exercise in uh, repetitiveness. Oh, we got to pray. We're at the restaurant with a bunch of Christians. Thumbs up, last one with thumbs up. You lose, you have to pray, ah, ha, 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 right? We do that thing. But I believe there's a prayer. If you've ever gone hungry, then you know what it means to be thankful for food, okay? And, and God wants to be your God of provision. That principle's all the way back in the book of Genesis when his first name was given by Abraham as Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. And what Jesus, listen, Jesus was demonstrating his authority by letting mankind know that he could take care of all of their needs from something as insignificant at wine in a wedding to the raising of Lazarus from the dead. The miracle of supply. There was also miracles of healing. Miracles of healing. Uh, if you've ever prayed that, that, that God would put his hand on somebody and heal them because of, a, uh, uh, of an illness, uh, this is very real to you. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says Jesus went through Galilee. He taught in their synagogues. He proclaimed good news of the kingdom and he healed every disease and sickness among the people. Why was he able to do that? Luke chapter 4, 18, there's a verse that's that's repeated from a verse in the book of Isaiah where Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to set free and proclaim freedom for the prisoners, for the recovery of sight for the blind and to set oppressed people free. Miracles of healing. Where God would just do something that just left people speechless. And time and time again throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus doing crazy, crazy miracles. Never contradicting anything that the Old Testament principles would say, he would heal somebody and say, "Now you go to the you go to the temple and you pay and uh, you, you you pay and you you give an offering to the Lord, uh, not not pay physically, but you give an offering to the Lord for what he did in your life today." But he did those things, demonstrating his power over humanity, and he healed people. He healed blind people. He healed he, he healed children. And it was so amazing when you read some of these stories where even this one Roman uh, political uh, centurion said to Jesus, Would you, I I understand authority because I have many men under me, Jesus, will you heal my child? Uh, I, I believe that you, just by you stating that my child will be healed, that he will be healed. And Jesus spoke into him and said, I have not even seen this much faith from my own people. Right now, your son or your daughter is healed. And instant just healed because of the authority of the, of the words of Jesus Christ. And when, when we pray, boy, healing is, is something that's so real, it's so personal. It can lead to, boy, the biggest celebrations, but also sometimes praying for it can lead to some pretty catastrophic disappointments. Right? Because we think that it's invoked by us. Uh, boy, if I had the power literally to, to lay my hands on people and that power came through me. The problem with that would be this, is that I'm saying that I'm stronger than God. And, and listen, I've I, I prayed for people. We've anointed people with, with oil and have prayed over them. Uh, not that the oil has any power, not that we have any power, but we believe that prayer has power. But we know that the ultimate authority and the ultimate power comes from who? The one that we're asking. The one that we're asking, God, if it be your will, if you would consider uh, would, you, would, you, would you heal this person that we care about so much? And, and Jesus did that. And he did these things so many times. The first verse that we read earlier, it said that he performed many signs in the presence of his disciples, which aren't even written in this book. He's, the, the Bible says there's not even enough volumes in the world that are written to contain all the stories of the healings and the messages that Jesus gave when he was here on the earth. His miracles. His miracles. Kind of set him apart from his disciples. Who are those 13 guys right there, all following that one dude with long hair and a beard? Oh, that's the miracle guy. You read about Bartimaeus, and his fame would go before him. People knew Jesus was coming into town. This guy named Bartimaeus who was blind, who was sitting on the side of the road begging, heard because he couldn't see that Jesus was coming. The Bible said Bartimaeus stood up, and he started yelling as loud as he could, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people said, Bartimaeus, you're embarrassing us. Be quiet. Will you just stop? Kind of sounds like Pam and Kim do, Bruce, when we go hang out together. Will you boys just stop? It's not junior high camp, right? But he was yelling as loud as he could and creating a ruckus. And he said, I'm trying to get Jesus' attention because I want to be healed. And Jesus came up to Bart. What do you want me to do for you, bro? I think Jesus said bro a couple times in the Jewish language. I really did. There had to be a term for that. What do you want me to do for you, bud? I want to be healed. He said, your faith has healed you. He forgave him of his sins, which was his greatest need. Performed the physical miracle in his life. And then the Bible says at the end of Mark chapter 10 that Bartimaeus followed Jesus in the way. His response to Jesus' healing was, is that he followed Jesus. So when you read story, after, we're, gonna do a, we're gonna study a couple of these healing stories, story after story after story, when Jesus would heal people, boy, it would get a lot of attention. Can you imagine the attention when Jesus goes into town and goes to see his friends, Mary and Martha, and they rush out to see him? Jesus, if you had only been here earlier, if you'd only been here earlier, ah, our brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus cared about these people. They were like family to him. And Jesus said, God's got a work he's going to do through this thing. You just wait and see. And when Jesus went out there, John 11, 30, everybody knows John eleven thirty five 35, because it's the shortest verse in the Bible, right? What's John eleven thirty five? 35? How's it go? Jesus wept. Jesus wept. You guys know scripture. You're really gladiators for God, right? <laughs> Jesus wept. I it's a good study to do why, why would Jesus well he was a human being he was sad with people I don't know how many of you would admit this morning that you have a little bit of an inkling to be a crier you cry a little bit raise your hand okay Clint's like this me I'm the crier are you the crier in your family no are you so you guys cry together I'm definitely the crier in my family I think my wife's cried like twice since we've been married in 30 some years Every time the Eagles beat the Cowboys, I cry. I mean, it's unbelievable. So I've cried a lot. How about that for you? Merry Christmas, okay? Merry stinking Christmas, right? When Jesus was there, and he got a little upset for for everybody else that was sad, and he said, hey, go ahead and move that stone away. And they said, Jesus, he's been in there like three or four days. Are you kidding me? And they rolled the stone away. I love this verse of the King James Version because it sounds so clean. It says, they opened the stone and they understood something, that he stinketh. Isn't that kind of cool? That's like junior high next level stinking. Like sometimes you get a little BO and you'll smell. He kind of smells bad. But when you're like a junior high camp, third day, no showers, he stinketh. That's like next level stank right there, right? So he said, he stinketh. And Lazarus came out. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he walked. Can you imagine watching that? And I'm not like front row, like right here, where all the really, really, really godly people in our church, like right in the front right here, gladiators for Jesus. Like being like seven or eight crowds of people deep, just kind of the miracle guys here. What is he? He just told them the road. Oh, man, I'm glad I'm really far because it stinks, right? That kind of a guy. And then he saw this guy kind of walk out because his body was wrapped up, right? He could hardly move. Jesus to take his grave clothes off of him. Lazarus was alive. And the, and the thing is, people saw him dead. Like they had viewings just like we do today. They saw his, his, his dead body. And you know, you could do that for closure, for whatever reason you do that, but people saw that he was dead. They, had, they went to the funeral service. And then they saw Lazarus alive again. You say, why would you, you know, because it, it kind of causes confusion in order, right? We all understand uh, we were talking to a dear, sweet lady in our church this morning who, who has unbelievable uh, amount of healthy years in her life, 91 years old. And one of the things that she said to us this morning, that's the right number, right? You don't have to tell you, is that the right number? 91? Yes. Sir. Okay. I wasn't trying try to, try to, to reveal, but 91's a celebrating thing. You don't hide it when you're 91 anymore. Not ashamed, right? She said, my son's 72, and she said something to me this morning that really spoke to my heart. She said, I'm afraid some of my kids are going to die before I do, Right? And, and that fear is because it's out of order, right? I mean, w- you want to go before your kids do, obviously. So, so when Lazarus died, it happened. They dealt with it. They had closure. And then he was a lot... Can you imagine the confusion? Wait, that doesn't make any... Because he was in the... He came, right? So what was, why would Jesus... Because it seems like it would even bring a little bit of confusion over, like, world order, Right? It is appointed unto man, wants to die. He died. What up with that, Jesus, right? Here's what Jesus was doing. I have authority not only over weather and not only over provision, but over heaven and hell and death. And when he established his authority about this idea of the resurrection, now this resurrection idea was a huge, huge thing in the, in the, in the early uh, religious world because you had these two groups of people in the, in the, in the Jewish faith. You had the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. The Pharisees believed in the second resurrection. The Sadducees did not believe in any kind of resurrection whatsoever. So when Lazarus came forth from the dead, the Pharisees who were over here that saw that who were mad at Jesus and constantly trying to get in his grill, right? But they were glad that day, because that day, when Lazarus came forth from the dead and resurrection was real, the Pharisees looked at the Sadducees and went like this. What up, suckers? Right? Because they were wrong. Oh, the Sadducees are wrong. They were really, really happy because of that. But the point was that Jesus was demonstrating his power and authority, ready, over everything. So when, when Jesus, the miracle maker, now, now Jesus empowered his disciples. He empowered the apostle Paul. And maybe God has, even since then, given somebody the ability to do that. I don't know. God could do what he wants to do. He's God. But what he wants us all to understand is he is the ultimate authority, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. And he wants us to know him and submit to him. Listen, God is in this big, humongous force up in the sky that's really, really mad at us all the time because we do stuff bad all the time. And I say we because it's very inclusive. We all do, we all mess up. What I want you to understand is in spite of all of our shortcomings, in spite of all of our little ticks and quirks, in spite of our past, in spite of the things that we struggle with today, God did miracles so that you would understand that he loves you. And the greatest miracle, well, we read these miracles in the Bible. Jonah in the belly of a fish for three days. What? Right? We read these stories in the scripture Say, wow, these, these are crazy, crazy things that happen. All those things happen, right? Those big, big, big things happen. But check this out God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whoever, tell somebody you're sitting next to, you're whoever. You're whoever. Your whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. The greatest miracle that Jesus did was he died and he took every bad thing you ever did and every bad thing that I ever did and every bad thing that every person that's ever walked the face of this earth has ever done and he said, I will pay. I'll take care of that for all of them. And he died. That was a miracle that he was able to take the sins of the world upon himself. And then he stayed in the grave for three days. And it wasn't because somebody put shocky paddles on him, right? was it because he was like in this state of meditation for three days. He died. And because he's God, he rose himself up from the grave three days later, defeating sin, defeating Satan, and defeating death. Why would he do all that? Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called Children of the Son of God. He loves you and He did miracles for you. We saw miracles this morning. And I know all these families that were up here, some of them are crazy, crazy miracles of children being born. Weren't even supposed to be born. Then, even oops babies coming after that, you know, oops, I did it again, right? Happen again. You don't even know what's going to happen in this world sometimes. We prayed for our daughter, Christine, to have a baby for years. She wasn't getting pregnant. But she sought the, the, the right doctor and prayed for the healer, and that little sweet little Rosie she has is a miracle baby, right? We believe that. We believe that with all of our heart. But we also know who provided that, Jehovah Jireh. And that Jehovah Jireh provider wants to have a relationship with you. And I pray this morning that if you don't know him, that you will know him uh, as Lord and Savior. So I'm going to ask you, if you will, just to bow your heads, and close your eyes, and just look inside of your heart just for a moment. And as we pray, I want, to, I want to make this statement to you that miracles remind us that God is God and we're not, but it also remind us how much we need him in our lives. We need him. Boy, do we need him in our lives. Maybe you need a miracle this morning. Maybe there's a physical thing that you're going through right now that maybe a lot of people or nobody knows about. We're praying for people for healing with cancer. and. And, and with other physical stuff that they're going through in their life. Maybe there's relationship healing that needs to take place, and that doesn't seem like a miracle as much as it does a clash of wills, but here, here's the thing. When God changes people's hearts, it's a miracle. Maybe you're praying for that kind of miracle this morning. I, I don't know what the need is in your life today, but, but I do want to ask you, if you'll be bold enough, with your heads bowed and eyes closed before God, to say, Pastor Ed, myself, my family, some of my friends, people I know, people I love, we're praying for a very specific miracle. If that's true about your life this morning, you could say, Pastor, right now, we have a miracle that we're praying for. Can I ask you just to lift your hand up in the air? Just shoot it straight up in the air. God bless you all over the room, all over the room. You put it back down now. You're praying for a miracle. So let's pray for a miracle. Let's pray and believe. Let's pray and believe that God has this thing sorted out already. He'll help you understand and see and, and make himself. Listen, not so that we can be right, not so that, not so that we feel good, not so that, that, that our lives get better, so that he receives the honor and glory for that thing taking place in your life. So let's pray for that right now. Father, we love you. We thank you for all the miracles, crazy miracles that Jesus did when he was here on the earth. And you're the same God. Your word says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever.